Welcome everyone to the Eagles Live podcast as the Eagles prepare for preseason game number two on Thursday night against the Buffalo Bills at Lincoln Financial Field. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro and before we get to a jam-packed podcast, let's get you caught up on the news of the week since we last spoke in the hours after the loss in Green Bay. A day after the preseason opener, the Eagles made a big-time trade acquiring cornerback Ronald Darby from Buffalo in exchange for wide receiver Jordan Matthews and a third-round draft pick in 2018. A very steep price to pay. The Eagles feel it's worth it getting a third-year player in Darby, who started for two seasons in Buffalo, and whose skill set fits into what Jim Schwartz likes to do defensively with the Eagles. More of a man-press concept than what Buffalo will do with new head coach Sean McDermott with more zone principles. Darby is fast, he's strong, and he is tenacious. The Eagles believe he is capable of covering the very best receivers in the NFC East. We'll hear from Darby, who becomes an instant starter in this defense in just a little while. On Tuesday, the Eagles did what many had expected for months, releasing running back Ryan Matthews, a talented but injury-riddled player who was with the Eagles for two seasons. Now we turn our attention to the midway point of the preseason as the Eagles get ready for Buffalo, and we'll start with Darby, the third-year player who can run, who can be physical, and again, who has the right tools to be the perfect fit in this defense. Defensive backs coach Corey Unlin, whom we spoke with last week to provide an overview on the state of the cornerbacks, well, that picture has changed a lot. He is excited about adding Darby. Corey, the Eagles fans who have not seen Ron Darby, comes with a a lot of advance notice, two years experience as a starter in Buffalo. What can you tell us about what we can expect? Highly competitive, tough. Guy can play press coverage, can go up and challenge people. He's not scared. Guy's got great vision down the field, which obviously is what we're trying to get more of when the ball's in the air down there. Played every coverage in the book, so he knows how to play defense. He understands the game. Still getting to know him myself right now at this point with the players, but for being here three days, four days, and about to play a game, I love where he's at right now. Do you have any role in the process of acquiring him? Do you put a scouting report in? I did not, nope. Obviously, we know who's out there as coaches. My job is to coach the players that come into my room, and I was notified by Howie that we got him, and I said, thank you very much, and see you down the road. How challenging is it to bring him up to speed? How difficult is it to bring him up to speed? I don't know if it's that difficult. It's just obviously the situation that he's in right now, and we're about to be halfway through training camp here, so he's missed all the reps in our scheme. So the language is obviously completely different than it was in Buffalo. That's the biggest challenge. Playing the position, he's not going to have any problem with that. Now the techniques that go with the calls and the calls that the safeties make. And I mean, you just line up and you're playing man coverage and the guy motions down and it changes just like that. And so what he would have said in Buffalo is not the same that we say here. So there's just a little learning curve that goes on there, but it's just like anything. I mean, the more time that he's here, obviously it's going to come better for him. How has the rest of your room reacted to the arrival of Ronald? I think everybody's excited from the first snap he took in practice that day. These guys are all veteran players. I mean, even the young guys, they understand how this profession works, and guys are traded or acquired or cut, whatever goes on, and nobody has any time to blink. So he's molded into our room nicely so far, and I don't see that changing as we go forward. As you look back at last week's game, Corey, that first unit with Patrick and with Jalen, they got off the field, they made plays, they were aggressive. What did you think? I mean, the starters, Rodney and Malcolm, came out. We went four and out on the first drive, and then two plays in the second drive. So Rodney and Malcolm played six plays, but they were super clean on those six plays. 
and then wanted Jalen and Pat to get a couple extra plays in there just so we could evaluate them some more and then liked what I saw. Good start for both of them. And then Rasul was happy with Rasul out there. CJ gave up a couple plays early, obviously gave up that touchdown, but then bounced back. So I thought it was a good start. Corey, thanks so much. You're welcome. For Darby, who wears number 35, the trade was quite a stunner. He's had to uproot his life in a hurry to become a Philadelphia Eagle. Let's learn about how it works from the player's side after a trade. Time now to go one-on-one with cornerback Ronald Darby. Ron, what's it like to be traded? What that now that it's all sunk in? I mean, it came so fast, surprise. Like, you know, I ain't see it coming. I know like a lot of the secondary got out of there, but I was the only one still there really, me and Kevon. But at the end of the day, I'm just blessed to still be playing the sport I love for a great organization. So, you know, things can always be a lot worse at the end of the day. So for fans who don't understand, so you literally like get the word and scoop up all the stuff that you have in, I guess in a dormitory at Buffalo and then come down to Philly? Yeah, actually I wasn't near the dormitory. Our camp is like an hour and a half away from where we was at, the stadium. At the time I was at the stadium, then when they told me, I wasn't even able to get all my stuff. So, you know, I just sat there and learned a whole new playbook with new coaches and now I got to come in and try to learn this playbook as fast as possible. So it's a lot of work, it's hard. Fans don't get the mental part. There is a significant amount of mental capability that you have to have, right? You got to be a smart guy to play in this league. Yeah, you got to be a very smart guy. But at the end of the day, that's why you got to have experienced safeties behind you to help you. And they've been helping me a lot. Even Robinson and, you know, Mills, all of them, like, took me in. And they've been helping me each day, even Coach Corey. What do you have to wear? And, like, where do you stay? Do you have a bunch of clothes that you brought down with you? I don't really have nothing. I'm in a hotel, the team in a hotel right now. So right now, that's the least of my worries. Right now, it's just, you know, learn this playbook as much as possible over the next three, four weeks so I can have it down packed come week one. How's that part of it going for you? It's going good. I'm learning more and more each day. You know, football terminology is different, but at the end of the day, it's the same. You know, you just got to learn the words for everything. And I've been playing this position, you know, a good amount of time now. So In Buffalo, it's more of a zone scheme, and here it's more of a man scheme? Yeah. It's a lot more man here. Buffalo, you being some man as well, but you know, at the end of the day, just learning the names and things for stuff. It's not easy for you, right? You thought you had it all settled in in Buffalo and same coaching staff. Do you believe that you are in a large part only as good as the coaches who have to teach you? Uh, you only as good as your teammates, put it that way. Coaching come a long way. You know, play calling come a long way as well. You're right, so it work hand in hand. If you and your safety is on the same level, you know, you and, you know, your nickel, corners, all the y'all on the same level, you know what's going on, you play great ball. How much confidence do you have coming in here and being the player that you know you can be in this defense with that front, in this scheme? You got to have confidence at this position. You know, plays going to be made on you. You're going to make plays. Just try to make more than you give up at the end of the day. Ron, thank you. Thank you. What does the trade mean for the Eagles in the context of being a better football team? For an answer to that question, we went to ESPN Sal Palantonio in town this week to cover the Eagles. Here is Sal with our press pass. Sal Pal, what did the trade acquiring cornerback Ronald Darby do to the Philadelphia Eagles standing in the NFC East? Well, they needed a starting corner of Darby's caliber, for sure. They were not going to bring Jordan Matthews back. It's pretty clear. They didn't offer him a contract extension. So my issue with the trade is I want to see two things now. I want to see Mike Groh coach up Nelson Aguilar and make Nelson Aguilar a productive, efficient member of this receiving core. It's very important for him to replace Jordan Matthews in a slot and do it in a way that's meaningful. And I think Mike Groh can do that. And I think that's one of the major differences that this team has from last year's. Groh, as a receivers coach, has been magnificent, and he's brought Aguilar out of his shell. 
Those are my words. I think Aguilar's key. Number two, I think it's up to Corey Unlin and the coaching staff to make Ronald Darby realize this is Philly and you have to play at a Philadelphia Eagles level all of the time. It's not Buffalo. There are certain things that you do on the field that will not be acceptable. He certainly has talent. He certainly has speed. And I think both of those things thus far have been untapped since his rookie season. I look around the NFC East and I see Ezekiel Elliott suspended. I see Trent Murphy out for the season for the Washington Redskins. I see Eric Flowers giving up two sacks in the first quarter of a game at left tackle for the New York Giants. And Sal, I say to myself, perhaps through midnight green colored glasses, of course, why can't the Eagles be a playoff team? Well, I think they can be a playoff team. I think this team will contend for the division title. And I thought that before Zeke Elliott was suspended. But let's say he's suspended for four to six games. That's a huge blow to the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, David, only threw 459 passes last year because he had Elliott. Okay? There's a reason why Dak Prescott was efficient at the quarterback position. He handed the ball off. And without that for four to six games, it changes the equation for the Cowboys offense. You mentioned the Redskins' problems with injuries. Don't forget, Doxon has not practiced very much at all at the wide receiver position. He lost Sean Jackson and he lost Pierre Garçon. And Jordan Reed, his tight end's got a toe problem. Hasn't been able to stay on the field. And as for the Giants, they couldn't block anybody last year and they're off to a rough start. What are your big concerns with the Eagles going into preseason game number two. Big picture here. We're getting really close. We're only 26, 27 days away from the start of the regular season. You know, I'm going to flip the script on you. I think my biggest concern is actually number 11 being worked too hard. I think he has looked stellar, but without Foles practicing for two weeks, I would dial it back with Carson Wentz. I don't want to see him get into a situation where he's worn out by the time October and November kick in. Sal, that doesn't sound too concerning to me. No, it's not. But that's my major concern. And it's not a major one at all. You just put me in a better mood. <laughs> Good, David. Thanks, Sal. That's my job. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> I'm safety Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's intercepted by Jenkins. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spinero. Malcolm Jenkins takes it in for a touchdown and the Eagles take the lead. <laughs> Boy, what a play. What a play. On the other side of the ball, the trade of Matthews takes a player who averaged 75 receptions in each of the three seasons he was an Eagle out of the lineup. The Eagles have a lot of production then to replace Eagles radio analyst and former All-Pro wide receiver Mike Quick thinks there are some strong candidates who need to step up. Mike Quick, obviously the complexion of the wide receiver position has changed with Jordan Matthews being traded. How do you see this thing working out moving forward? Dave, I think it's going to work out just fine. You know, that trade really helps the defensive side of the ball. And you have to look at how will it affect the numbers and the production at that position. But I just think they'll be able to fill in with the guys that are here. I think Marcus Johnson, I think you go down the line and all of these guys that play outside, they can play inside as well. And look at some of the young guys that are now on this roster. I'm sure that they'll get it done. But there is a leap of faith here. Those young guys have not done this in a game situation. Why do you think they can? I just think if you can play, you can flat out play. You know, guys have been productive on the outside. It's easy to put one of those guys inside. I've watched what Nelson has done in the OTAs, and granted, that's not in a game situation with the lights on, but I'm confident that he can do it, along with some of these other guys. A guy like Greg Ward, Marcus Johnson, even Trex. Now, all of these guys, I think, have the ability to put them in the slot and this is a team that runs multiple sets, multiple groups onto the field. All of these guys, they have to know all the other positions anyway because the routes complement one another. 
they're going to be able to do it. And you hate to lose a guy like Jordan Matthews, but for the better of the whole, you make moves like that. For someone who does not understand necessarily the nuances of outside versus inside, what is different playing slot versus playing outside? Slot, there's just much more congestion. There are more guys to read. It's a bigger headache. Just thinking about it, realizing what to do inside, and you're going to get more collisions inside. So that guy has to be a tough guy. He has to realize that he's going to get a hit many times when he catches the ball, and he's certainly got to be well-versed at reading defenses. That, to me, the big differences. Let's talk about some of the candidates. I'll name the name. You give me the scouting report. Mac Hollins, can he play inside? Absolutely. Probably better fitted for outside because he's a long stride, a big body, and better suited for getting down the field. Inside is more a guy with quick twitch that's able to move in and out quickly. Nelson Aguilar. Absolutely. And because he runs such crisp routes, because he's really good at separating, he understands how to read defenses. The biggest barrier for Nelson is realizing you're going to take some shots in there. Bryce Treggs. Absolutely. Bryce Treggs can do it in a variety of ways, and I think he's tough enough to handle it on the inside, and you do have to be tough in there. What about somebody like Trey Burton? Trey Burton can do it, and not only can, he will be one of the guys that will be playing in that position. How about Darren Sproles? Would you ever line him up in the slot? They have, along with Pumphrey. Pumphrey and Sproles, they're kind of interchangeable guys that you want to get in space, and in that slot position, you can get them the ball in space and allow them to do what they do best. And you mentioned Marcus Johnson earlier. He hopefully will play in Thursday's game. Kind of needs to step up and show what he can do. Well, he's a kid who has a lot of issues with soft tissue, and now I think he's hampered a little bit by hamstring. And whenever he's able to get beyond that, and that was the problem with him last year, if he's able to get beyond that, he's a talented kid, and he can play both outside or inside. Sounds like the rest of these preseason games, Mike, will be a bit of an experiment. An experiment, but I think it's more growth opportunities than just an experiment. I think these guys know how to play. I think you have to put them in those positions and Have them do it against other teams. Have them do it with the lights on so that they continue to grow. Thanks, Mike. Yep. Finally, in this episode of the Eagles Live podcast, we're going to circle back to Green Bay and Lambeau Field and dissect, just a little bit, the play of quarterback Carson Wentz. He played one series, leading the Eagles to a touchdown. On that drive, Wentz completed all four of his passes for 56 yards, including a 38-yard touchdown to wide receiver Mac Collins, who used his stiff arm twice and made a pretty play, a 38-yard catch-and-run in total. Wentz did a great job in and out of the pocket, escaping pressure and making good decisions. It was an extremely encouraging start for Wentz. We've got quarterback coach John Filippo with us to talk about Wentz in Game 1 and what Filippo would like to see in Game 2 on Thursday night, as Wentz is expected to play roughly the same amount of snaps as he played in Green Bay. Here then is quarterback's coach John Filippo. Flip, we saw him on Thursday. It was only one drive, but you put a touchdown on the board. I assume that's exactly what you hope to see from Carson. Absolutely. And you like to see the poise in the pocket early in the season. Carson looked very, very calm in the pocket, which is for early in the year looks really, really good. The throw he made to Mac Hollins, you know, making Clay Matthews miss off a line game was fantastic. He keeping his eyes downfield and making a play. At what point last year did you see that comfort in the pocket and everything kind of slowing down around him emerge? It started in the Green Bay game. You know, obviously the first three games we started off fast, but really the comfort in the pocket part was in the Green Bay game where I thought his feet were calmer. I thought he kept his eyes downfield. I thought his shoulders were level and it just looked right. What's next for Carson? 
What else does he have to work on? Situational football. We have to know when to get a completion on third and two and not push the ball down the field. We have to, when they're bringing cover zero, to get to the right play. So those are things that not only for Carson Wentz, but for every quarterback, that you're always working to master situational football. Is that experience? Part experience, no question. There's a lot of situations that come up throughout the course of a season. You know, red zone, third down, third and long, four minute, two minute, all those things that you have to just constantly keep working on with these guys. Green Bay seemed to blitz a lot. Had you prepared for that much? You didn't really game plan, right? We didn't game plan too much, no. I mean, here's the thing about that. You have your base rules, you know, and your protection rules to pick up hopefully every blitz that they bring. They did blitz a lot. Thought we did a solid job up front and, you know, we just got to keep working on those pressures. But, you know, once we get into game plan mode, I think we're always prepared for everything. Flip, thank you. Thank you. Now let's turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball and middle linebacker Jordan Hicks in his third season here with the Eagles, his second running the defense from the middle linebacker position. Hicks talks about a series of things here, including the addition of Ronald Darby. And Hicks admits that, yes, everyone takes a look at the newest Eagle to see what he's got on the practice field. Hicks also talks about his offseason. A bumpy one at times, but at the end of the day, a very gratifying one for Hicks, who was married, overcame an injury, and is expecting big things from the Eagles' defense in 2017. The Eagles make a big trade this weekend. They get a player who's been a starter for a long time. Yeah. Do you turn around and look and see how legit he is during practice? Yeah, you, you notice. You can see his speed, you can see his burst, and his playmaking ability, man, and he's going to help us a lot. The rest of training camp, the goal for this defense is to get better every single day so that game one, we're ready to go. Do you believe the top end that this can be a, a dominating defense? I do. I believe it. I think we have what we need, but it's going to come down to us putting the work, putting the time in, because nothing in this league comes easy, and we understand that. And you're all good to go. The hand feels great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Still kissing the wife. She's not mad at you for ruining oh, the honeymoon. No. Oh, the honeymoon! Honeymoon did not get we ruined, didn't correct? Ruin the honeymoon. No, 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 no. It just it just ruined Eagles about. Fans. Eagles fans were so worried. It about ruined it. about like 23 hours of the honeymoon because I was on my phone trying to figure everything out. But after that, man, it was a blast. Will you go back to Greece? Oh, I could go to Greece for a month. What is so great about Greece? The people we met there were unbelievably nice. The food was awesome. Obviously, the scenery, you can't go wrong with the scenery and the beaches and the water, just getting to see the sunsets all the time. It's so relaxing. It's amazing. Three years ago, you were a rookie. Now you're a married man. It's crazy. Does it change your perspective of life, doesn't it? It does. Definitely does. It's, it's wild to think how quick things can change. I look around and see these rookies. I see Nate Gary in the in the room as the young rookie, and he's doing an amazing job, by the way, side note. But I remember being that eager rookie trying to get on the field, trying to do what it takes, first in special teams and first getting that stuff down to make sure I was seizing my opportunity. But it's unbelievable how fast things can change, and God's blessed me with a great wife and a great community here to help me mature. Love it. Thanks, Jordan. Absolutely. Thank you. So the stage is set for the preseason opener at Lincoln Financial Field on Thursday night. The starters will probably go about a quarter. We're likely to see wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey make his preseason debut, and we're all crossing our fingers as far as injuries go. Make sure you're with us for the Instant Reaction Eagles Live podcast after the Eagles take on the Bills on Thursday night. Thanks to Brian Thomas and Richard Chu for putting the Eagles Live podcast together, and thanks to all of you for tuning in as the preseason rolls along. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-G-L-E-S.